Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the eighth episode of The Soccer Scene. We're delighted to be joined once again by Noel and Jason O'Connor as we digest what was a disappointing Munster Derby defeat last week to Cork City in front of quite a healthy uh, home crowd on a bank holiday weekend. Also, obviously, we'll preview another Munster Derby this week against another strong side in Waterford for Treaty United, uh, as well as going through our predictions table uh, which will be of great interest for Jason O'Connor, at least after last week's results once again. But Jason, to start with yourself on maybe a, a less funny note, shall we say, it was 3D United uh, losing 4-0 to Cork City in the Munster Derby. I know Cork were coming off the back of a 2-0 win against Waterford, but I suppose it was probably the manner of the defeat as much as anything else, Jason, that was the most concerning and, and the goals conceded. Yeah, look, it, it, I suppose before we, we go through it, there's a huge gulf, I suppose, in, in quality and organisation, you know, in, in both camps, really. It was obvious from, from the beginning, we were there pre-match, we were looking at the warm-ups, and, and even in the warm-ups, the, the intensity was visibly different in, in both um, halves of the pitch. Cork were really warming up with intent, you could see that, you know, and, and the intensity levels from them were really, really high. And, and look, as we said about the Galway game, that kind of transfers, Adrian, as to how you start the game, you know, and they, they pressed Treaty really high up the pitch, you know, and, and after three minutes, they were going to the, to the goods, you know, Barry Coffey advancing, I suppose, unopposed. And that was the biggest worry for me, Adrian, you know, and, and it was the same with, with Bargary's first goal as well. You know, they seemed to go unopposed right up to the edge of the area before kind of firing into the net. You know, and that was something we didn't see last year um, from Treaty at all. You know, they were very aggressive in, in their approach and were very solid centrally uh, right up the pitch, you know, last year. And, and that was missing against Cork City, there's there's no doubt about that, you know, and you can see a couple of lads getting frustrated, Charlie Fleming in particular in the first half, uh, we know he was taken off at half time, but, and Tommy said it was something got to do with, he was ill during the week or something, but you could see him and you could see Mark Ludden, you know, when they got on the ball, the Cork fullbacks were really, really high, they snuffed out any possible threats from, from wide areas, you know, from Treaty. And, and Charlie in particular had, had no one to play to. You could see that. He was getting on the ball, he was looking forward, and it was just, there was no options there for him. He was being forced inside and sideways, you know, and, and that's where Cork were getting some joy then. They were very, very well organised. They really were, you know, and, and even, you know, with Rory Keating going off injured, that didn't really make any, any dent, I suppose, in their attacking prowess. You know, they continued with two up front and and it's definitely way of hurting Treaty, you know, we can see that. And Treaty, to flip that over, then one up front, the ball was just going forward to Kieran Hanlon. And it was coming straight back because it was an easy afternoon, really, for Bradley Gilchrist and, and Hackenden. You know, they were just doubled up on, on Kieran Hanlon. And it just didn't work, Adrian, at all, the approach. It, it really didn't, you know. So, very, very disappointing afternoon. It could have been a lot worse. It really could, you know, it could have went to, to five and six, you know, and that would have been embarrassing, um, especially with a big crowd there. Um, so, look, there's a lot of work to be done for Treaty. There really, really is in in their organisation. Would be the big thing for me, Adrian. There is a lot of work uh, to be done, all right, Noel. I suppose 
one of the things last season that that really prided themselves on all was probably the the collective as a defensive unit. Um, and then of course as well to back that up, it was rare you saw a lot of individual errors or hesitancy like maybe we saw in the game against Cork. So I know that for instance maybe you know Jack Brady suffering from having to live up the name a tiny bit of what Ty Grind did last year. He's had a, a couple of errors and and is struggling. And obviously Joe Gorman looks like he's struggling as well. Uh, at the start of the season so it's those type of individual errors which maybe we didn't see as much of uh, in the early stages anyway particularly of last season certainly didn't know although I think in fairness to Jack Brady and I did wonder you know there's no doubt the tie was excellent last year but it's hard to really point the finger directly at, at Jack Brady for any goal that that they have conceded and I'm looking at the back four from last year the only change is Joe Garman really in for um Anto O'Donnell, you know, so, so there isn't a massive difference, but certainly there's there's a, a sea change in what's happening. Um, we kind of touched on it against in the Galway game. You know, I spoke about the middle of the park and not quite sure who was playing there. And I and I said that Galway, you know, were able to come down the middle and look, it was it was way worse um, against Cork. You know, from early, it, they could pick the ball basically up on the edge of their own box and they seem to be able to go 50, 60 metres, you know, on um uninterrupted, you know, and that was very disappointing to see. Um, it was a really bad day at the office. It was it was hard to pick out anything that you take a consolation out of in terms of a individual performance or even a goal or a chance or anything. And uh, I know I said the last time about the Cork and Cove game where when when Cork had it in, in, in the bag, they just relaxed and passed the ball around and I know Jason was saying there it could have been six or seven. It certainly could because I felt that Cork took their foot off the gas and just, you know, they didn't try as hard, if you like, in the second half. It certainly could have been worse. And it, it, it was disappointing, you know, for a number of reasons. It was a great day. And as you said, there was a decent crowd. There's certainly a very big crowd from Cork. And uh, it, it was Treaty's first home game, you know, and you just wonder, like, will many people be running back there? You know, which is obviously disappointing because you certainly like to see the crowd going there and... Uh, there's certainly a lot of thinking to be done this week in terms of the of the organisation of the team for, for the next game against Waterford. Yeah, we do know, Jason, that obviously Ender Kern failed a late fitness test. And, you know, considering his form, he probably was a loss. But, you know, despite the fact that Kieran Hannon, in my own opinion, probably looked off the pace, has, that was his first start. You know, considering how isolated he was, chances were even Ender Kern probably wouldn't have made a difference on the day realistically. No, Adrian, I think it was more the organisation that, that I suppose impacted the results. You know, the game is over really as a contest on 34 minutes. And when you're at home against the Munster rival, that shouldn't be the case. You should be set up better, I suppose. Look, personally, you know, I think I've said it for a couple of weeks, Adrian, you know, if, if you're going to persist with this 4-3-3, the midfield has to get closer to Karen Hanlon. The balls up to him have to be better. You have to establish a bit of possession first. Uh, I accept that. But if you're under the cosh and, and you're just pumping balls forward, the one striker against two of the quality that, that Cork had and, and Waterford would be the same, make no mistake about that this week, um, then the ball is going to come straight back at you, you know, and, and there has to be a rethink. You know, there, there really does. Like, you look even Sean Gearns, another player who, who had read very highly um, you could see he was visibly annoyed towards the end of the game and, and look that's that's a good thing 
Don't get me wrong now, and to see Charlie Fleming and Nide as well, visibly, they're good signs for me, Adrian, you know, but there isn't enough of that kind of across the team. And you know, kind of wonder is there a lack of a game plan, you know, which is unlike the treaty we saw last year. You know, they were happy to defend last year. They were happy to, to be defenders at the back and, and clear their lines. You know, in midfield, as I said, last year, they were solid centrally. You know, and, and they were tenacious in their approach. They had a, a point where they'd, they'd allow the opposition to have the ball, they'd allow them to come into the middle of the field. But when it came in there, then they'd press and press together. You know, and that's not happening. It really isn't. So, look, I've said it for a couple of weeks, playing the current and playing Kieran Hanlon together. You know, again, it's, it's a free hit against Waterford this week. There's no one expecting them to get a result, especially after last week. And I don't think anyone would complain if they did go two up front and they brought in the wingers narrow um, and made it more difficult for the opposition to play through them centrally and force them into wide areas and then defend it from there. Um, I don't think anyone would complain, Adrian, if that was the approach and, and it was another defeat. But look, a wise man once said, you know, to continue to do the same things and expect different results, you know, is is madness, you know, and, and I really hope that they just don't continue doing the same thing week in and week out. Personally, I'd be keeping a close eye on, on Tony Whitehead. He's doing very, very well in Anacotti. He looks really, really fit um, compared to this time last year when he came back into the country. Um, he certainly looks a lot fitter and it's an area of the pitch that really needs to be strengthened, Adrian, in my opinion. Yeah, and we will move on to previewing the Waterford game uh, very closely soon. Noel, I suppose this is probably the, the perfect question to ask you, considering your own uh, managerial, uh, manage, I suppose you were expert in managing local players. Uh, you, in some cases, you had no other choice when you first started out as manager of Limerick, but you did bring through a lot of, of young players. Tommy has mentioned that, you know, he has struggled because of their, their status as amateurs, that there doesn't seem to be, you know, he cannot have players there for three nights a week training because they're from, some players are from Dublin, some players are from Galway. And when he mentioned it at the start of the season uh, that he didn't know if the squad was actually stronger, if you think about it, I suppose he's, they lost a kind of a core of local players, it must be said, with Sean McSweeney, Clyde O'Connell, Ty Groin. Jason mentioned there that maybe they're, they're missing a link between Kieran Hanlon and the midfield. Sean McSweeney was that last season. So I suppose if you're looking at it from, from that point of view, uh, maybe the, the losses to the squad were, were heavier than we thought. Possibly, yeah. Maybe too early to say. Look, on paper, it, it didn't look that way with the players that came in. They're certainly doing, you know, they are doing different things than they went last year. I, and, and I take Jason's point about two up front. I think, I think the key here is that they need to play two in the middle. And we need to know who the two are. The two need to sit in front of their two centre halves you know and whether if it's Mark Walsh and Callum McNamara I know Jason mentioned and I wouldn't be too off air with can can lead ever play in the left but I've struggled to see who who is actually playing in the middle and you just have to have a platform there and they haven't had that platform um I think it's you know a player like Swan like Sean McSweeney he obviously is a loss but I think someone like Joel Costrain could fill that role in the middle and particularly, as Jason's saying, you know, someone like Matt Keane on the right, someone who's prepared to dig in and 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 get back and narrow the pitch. And uh, they certainly will have to go back to basics. I just like to see where, you know, if I'm watching the match, yes, I do know who's playing as the central midfielders. And, you know, they're kind of doing their job, for want of a better word, because they just seem to be running everywhere. And there seems to be no one kind of sitting in the middle 
and and it is so important and it, it, it is about coming back to basics now obviously it's a difficult game against Warford and I take the point that they won't be expected to win but you know the defeats are could be adding up and you know it it does affect confidence and the, as as Tommy says himself there is no easy games in the league and certainly when you don't have any kind of rhythm and a lack of confidence in the group those games will certainly get more difficult so I, I do think it's important that they really batten down the hatches this week, whether it is a 4-4-2, a 4-5-1 or a 4-4-1-1. But I do think they need someone centrally that we do know is an attacker and just keeps the opposition a bit honest, that they know that if the ball is treaded into this guy's feet, that he can hurt you in behind by, by putting in the centre forward or putting in um, a couple of the wide players. But certainly it, it has to be back to basics. Yeah, back to basics. That'll probably be the, the call of the hour, Jason, coming into this Waterford game. This is the, I suppose, the triple game we feared, you know, the Galway-Cork-Waterford game. There was obviously a fear because of the form of, of those teams at the start of the season, to be fair, and because of their standing in the league that, you know, Treaty may not come out with any points. This is their last chance to get any sort of either a point or three points uh, from those games against Waterford. You've made your own feelings clear, Jason, that you probably think it should be a 4-4-2 with a very narrow four to counteract Waterford. Yeah, that would be the way I would go, Adrian. You know, as as we said, Lee David on the left, maybe McKean on the right, and coming in narrow out of possession to stop that wave of attacks like we saw last week against Cork coming through the middle. Then obviously if the ball goes into wide areas, that's the full backs that that them same two players get out and, and they have the legs to get out and close that down as well and, and then try put the ball out over the line, obviously, and, and defend it from there. But allowing teams of the quality of, of Cork and, and Waterford coming up space and time in the middle of the park to, to run at you is a recipe for disaster, Adrian, you know. And, and this needless playing out from the back, just for the sake of it, we saw it against Cork in the second half. You're three and four goals down and, and playing out from the back makes absolutely no sense to me. One of Jack Brady's biggest attributes is his kicking. He's very good with his feet. He can kick to the likes of Dean George. Jack Arab was on, on the pitch at that stage. You can put both of them to one side of the pitch and kick to it. And we saw Sean Gearns didn't want to know anything about that in the last embers of the game, and rightly so. Like Sean is an honest character, there's no doubt about that. You can see from his from his performances all last year and haven't been anything. He's a real warrior. He's um, He wants to defend um, and it hurt him, that kind of defeat. And, and I think to restore the confidence in the players, stop that needless playing around the back, put it forward um, into wide areas maybe if, if you don't want to be putting it down on top of Ali Gilchrist and, and Hackney. Put it into wide areas where the likes of Dean George can, can challenge against the fullback possibly. And then look to pick up second balls, you know, but to persist with one up front uh, isn't going to work against Waterford. It certainly isn't, Adrian. That's obvious for everybody to see. So personally, yeah, I'd love to see it mixed up. Um, I'd love to see two up front and go a bit more direct and, and put the opposition under pressure. You know, the Blue Army look to make the place of Fortress off the pitch. That needs to be, you know, implemented on the pitch. I suppose, with the instructions to the players. We know Jack Lynch is a big loss. He's probably another three weeks away. He'd help that link, I suppose, between midfield. He can play a number of positions and, and he's a talisman for the club. He's missed. There's no doubt about that. But there has to be a change, Adrian, for me. 
And if you were to predict uh, the score, the result, excuse me, Jason, for Friday night, what's your own prediction? I can't see anything but a Waterford win, Adrian, I'll be honest, unfortunately. I hate saying it. I really do because I'm a treaty supporter first and foremost, but I have to give an honest opinion, you know, and, and I think it's going to be a Waterford win. Yeah, I'll be hoping for a response myself. Uh, the best I hope Trey, you can hope for to be honest is a draw, but I have on current form went for a Waterford win myself. Noel, we discussed there about changes in formation. You know, I suppose looking at a performance like that when you're when you're on the bench and you're the likes of Mark Walsh will say playing, you know, would you would you would you be looking at would he be looking at saying, could I get a recall now? You know, another player's on the bench. Surely you'd, there'd be a couple of changes off the back of, of a defeat like that, regardless. Yeah, look, I think. And we, look, we have been talking about formation now, but certainly playing, playing players in their positions as well. Like, I mean, certainly Mark Walsh for me and Callum McNamara, because to me, they're two, two central midfielders. They've shown that they can defend. You know, they've, they've experience of doing what, what we want to get done from last season. Um, I thought Stephen Christopher's form has been kind of patchy the last couple of games in particular. Um, kind of flits in and out of games. I, I don't think they can afford that on Thursday. You need someone that's going to be at it like, you know, for, for the full 90 minutes or certainly as long as, as they're on the pitch. Um, I certainly would like to see Joel Costrained in there as a 10 just for that little bit of quality. And uh, it's hard to disagree with, you know, Matt Keane on the right and Lee Devitt on the left and certainly getting nice and narrow on the pitch out of possession. So, um, look, I'm sure that they've done a lot of talking about it as well. Um, the only thing I would say is Watford haven't been in, in tremendous form themselves. Obviously, they started very well. You know, they were shook up with uh, a defeat in, uh, in Cork. And I know they beat... Wexford, but, you know, they were quite fortunate to do it. Um, they'll certainly feel the pressure as well of, you know, how well Cork are, are going and certainly how well Galway have done, certainly results-wise, in the last couple of games. So it mightn't be such such a clear cut. I do expect a good uh, improved performance from Treaty. Probably not enough, but it, I, I could see it being a kind of a much narrower defeat than the previous two games. Is that a definitive defeat, Noel, just to be sure? A definitive defeat, nonetheless. Um, yeah, and I suppose that does bring us into the, the wider predictions league, which uh, Jason O'Connor's already grinning in front of us here because he had an absolute shocker a week ago and two of us had a bit of a gain in a, on points, but it went back the other way now and we had a poor enough week. And all. So now Jason is four points clear of yourself on 26 points. You're 22 and I am 20 going into this uh, round of games. Jason, I suppose because you're leading, we better start with yourself and on the other games. The Bray and Wexford game is the first one I'll put to you. Yeah, Bray had a very good win last weekend. They were under the cosh against Cove for, for long periods, but managed to pull out a, a, a fantastic winner um, in the last couple of minutes of the game. So they're on the crest of a wave. We were kind of saying that we expected um, that Cabin Teeley Bray. Um, amalgamation, if you like, to to take a few weeks to to bed in, but it certainly looked like they found a bit of farm, Adrian. You know, um, that was a big, big winning call. There's no doubt about that. It really was. And and you look at Wexford results at home to Longford. You know, that was a three 0 defeat. So I would expect Bray at home to come away with three points there. Yeah, I've also went for Bray as well. Noel, are you going to go against Wexford? 
No, I'm going to go for a draw there. I think, as I heard, Wexford played played very well last week against Longford. It sounds a bit mad that you know they lost three 0 but they had a good few chances as well. And uh, with that local rivalry, and I know it is there, um, I fancy Wexford to bounce back for at least a draw. So I'll go for a draw there. Just to stick with yourself, Noel. Speaking of teams that run a crest of a wave, Cork City hosting at Lone. I know you said actually that Lone were quite. Uh, unfortunate not to get something out of the game against Galway, but an absolutely mammoth task, surely. I know I've gone for a Cork home win here. Yeah, I think you couldn't look any further than a Cork home win. I just was kind of surprised, I think, by how well Athlone had played. Um, slightly different kind of style of play than I would have thought from Martin Russell, but certainly effective with two kind of pacey guys up front, uh, Stephen Kenny in the middle. And on the ball, he, he he shifted the ball fairly quickly in behind the Galloway back four, who were obviously pressed very high, and they created an, um, a nice few chances. In fairness to Galloway, they probably deserved the uh, the win, but it was two it, it was two one going into the last two minutes, and, and Galloway had a couple of couple of decent uh, chances to nick a point. So I suppose it's more looking at them in the few games after the Cork uh, City game, but you couldn't see them get anything down in, in Turner's Cross. Jason, are you here going to shock us and go for that long win? No, I'm not, Adrian. <laughs> that, that early tip for, for Cork to win the league is looking good at the moment. Um, yeah, they're sitting pretty, I suppose, at the minute. They were very, very impressive against Treaty, as we know. Um, and I take Noah's point, and I kind of said it a few weeks ago, that regardless of the hand that Martin Russell has been dealt, he's an excellent, excellent coach, especially at this level and... and I think they will, at Lome, will pick up a couple of results in, in the coming weeks. Um, but no, Cork will be too strong from my belief. And on the final game, we have Longford hosting Galway. I know that I've went for a draw on this one myself, Jason. So what do you think? Yeah, I was I have a draw down myself, Adrian, especially because Longford are at home. Um, and look, a great win, as I said, for them last week. They're among the goals, um, but Galway going really, really well. I think going there, Galway, will they expect to win? Possibly, if they come away with a draw, will they be disappointed? I don't think they will because um, Cork were there and, and Cork came away out along for with a draw as well a few weeks back. So, yeah, I'm going to go for a draw in that game, Adrian. Strong verdict, Noel? Yeah, I'd probably go for a Galway win. I think they're, they're not a team that are going to slip up too many times and they'll be certainly well prepared and They'll, they'll treat Longford with, you know, a lot of respect. But I think just the way they are at the moment, they'll probably do enough to um, to eke out a win. That was the final note of the show. So it'll be interesting to see what the predictions table is like next week following this weekend's action. Uh, I suppose hoping for a response from 3D United. That's the, the most important thing. And um, whether that be a win or just a better performance in general, who knows? Uh, but obviously that is what we're hoping for and we will hope you can join us once again uh, next week to discuss the weekend's action uh, so thank you for joining us on the Soccer Scene Episode 8